John 1.14 says, The Word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. We have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Our prayer is that you might see God's love and faithfulness as you listen to our Sunday morning message here at First Methodist Bryan. Amen. Thank you, Jeff. And like I said, if you... Uh, are wanting to stick around and get some extra church in you today. The Children's Worship Festival is going to be awesome because Jeff always does an amazing job. Uh, if you want to open up your Bibles, we're actually going to be hopping around a lot today. This is, we're not preaching from one text. We're uh, picking from a different text or a bunch of different texts today. This is the final week of our sermon series on prayer uh, based on the Pete Gregg book, How to Pray, A Simple Guide for Normal People, uh, looking at the chapter of Yield. I don't know what chapter that is. I think it's eight or nine, one of the two. I think it's nine. Chapter nine is what we're talking about today, which is how to hear God. We've been looking throughout this series about the, the method that Pete Gregg uses about how to pray, and there's other chapters in the book that we're not going to go over, so I would encourage you to just buy that book, read over it, and just learn uh, from a person who knows a lot about prayer about how to pray. But he lays out in his book this four-step process about how we can pray and we've been talking about each of those uh, four steps throughout this series. The first is that we pause. That before we bring to God our list of concerns and wants, we need to first pause, still our hearts and souls and minds before God. We pause in God's presence. The second thing that we do is we rejoice or we give thanks to God. We remind ourselves of who God is and we remind ourselves of his character and the great things that he has done and how that emboldens and strengthens us when we then ask, when we then bring our petitions to God, when we bring our prayer list to God, we are emboldened because we've remembered who this God we're praying to is. Past three weeks, we've talked about different ways we can ask petition, which is praying for ourselves, intercession, praying for other people, and then last week, we talked about the mystery of unanswered prayer. And then this week, we're looking at the why, the, the yield of yielding ourselves to God because prayer at its fundamental element is really just relationship with God. And like any good relationship, if you are going to have real authentic relationship, you have to let the other person speak. And so yield is about letting God talk to us. And that's what we're looking at today is how do we listen to God? How do we hear God? How do we let God speak in our prayer time. Uh, Pete Gregg was so passionate about this, he wrote a whole book about how to hear God's voice. So if you've enjoyed his book on uh, prayer and you've been reading along with it, you can also listen to his book on how to hear God, a simple guide for normal people. Real creative with the titles there. And so I just want to start by asking us this question here today. Do we believe that God still speaks to us today? Do we believe that God still speaks to us today? And maybe more specifically, do you believe that God still speaks to you today? Do you believe that as you go about your daily life and as you live out your faith, that we are interacting with the God who is alive and well and is 
walking among us and His Spirit dwells inside us and He is guiding us and directing us? Do we believe that God still speaks to us today? I remember when I first started to really yield more in my prayer time to let God speak more in my life. It was when, uh, through the encouragement of a spiritual mentor of mine, when I was going through a difficult time, she said, well, have you ever thought about, you know, just listening to God? And I was like, listening to God? That's ridiculous. Why would I spend time listening to God? He doesn't talk to me. And so she gave me some tips on how to hear God and some practical ways on how to grow in that. And I started to do that more and more in my prayer time where I was just silent before the Lord. And I listened and I wrote down what I thought he was saying to me. And it was really in that season of my life, in that uh, season of learning to listen to God, that my faith was deepened profoundly when we listen to God, when we let our prayer life become a true relationship, not just someone that we bring a list of wants and demands to. When we look at Scripture and we see the story of God throughout the pages of our Bible, we see that God speaks to people all the time in Scripture. One of my favorite passages is John 10, 27, where Jesus says this about us, about you and me. He says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. That Jesus speaks to us, his sheep, and we can hear his voice, and we can respond in obedience to the voice of Jesus. In other words, Jesus still speaks to us. He says it right here on the pages of Scripture. And we see God speaking to his people all the time. God spoke to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the patriarchs of the faith, that God spoke and interacted with them. God spoke to the leaders of early Israel, of Moses, to Joshua, and to David. We see the, the interactions of God speaking to them in our scriptures. We see God speak to women like Esther, Deborah, and Sarah. We, the prophets are basically just the interactions of God speaking to people and then the prophets writing down what God said to them. And then when we go into the New Testament during the book of Acts, it's just filled with people hearing the voice of God, hearing the Spirit of God speak to them, of ordinary followers of Jesus interacting with God, hearing God, and responding to them. That that is the majority of our Scripture is people hearing God and responding accordingly. It's this theme that we just see all throughout when you're really looking at it and you open your eyes to it. And I think sometimes we deep down have this belief or we've been taught that uh, God stopped doing that once the Bible was written. You ever heard that before? That God stopped speaking to us like that once we got this book down here. Friends, I don't see that anywhere in the pages of Scripture. Jesus never once says that in Scripture. That's never written down in Scripture because God still speaks and talks to us today because we do not serve a dead God. We serve a risen Jesus who lives and walks among us. And so I believe that God still indeed speaks to us today. And so how do we hear God speak to us? How do we hear God's voice? How do we lean deeper into this uh, practice that I believe God invites us into that we can incorporate into our prayer time? So I'm going to lift up a few different ways that God speaks to us, um, and 
we'll just kind of talk through this. Uh, the first way is through Scripture, that God speaks to us through Scripture. This is probably the primary way that God speaks. Uh, Psalm 119, verse 105 says this, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Your word is a lamp. In other words, your word guides me and directs me. It shows me which way to go. It shows me the next step. This is the, the primary way that God speaks to us. And it's also the lens through which we see uh, all other, we test and judge all other things that we think we're hearing from God. That God never contradicts himself. That if it doesn't come that if it contradicts what's been revealed in the Word of God, then it's not God speaking. God doesn't contradict His Word or His character. So, for example, if someone comes up to me and says, uh, you know, Pastor, I feel like God is telling me that I need to cheat on my wife. It's like, well, you know what? I really don't think that's God uh, telling you that because that's what God says that you can't do that in Scripture. And so what we do is we use Scripture as our, our lens through which we discern whether God is speaking to us or not, or if it's the enemy, or if it's just our own thoughts that popped into our mind, that Scripture is the primary way through which we test what we think we're hearing from the Lord, and it's the primary way through which the Lord speaks to us as well. That we need to have a posture of listening to Scripture. I think too often times we, we approach Scripture almost like it's this uh, science test that we have to dissect and get all the goodies out of Scripture that we can. We have Bible studies, but do we have the heart to approach Scripture with a posture of humility to let it speak to us? To not dissect and tear apart Scripture, but to approach it prayerfully and say, Lord, how do you want to speak to me through your word today? To open ourselves up to the gentle correction of God and the encouragement of God that comes through Scripture. And you've experienced this before if you've been a Christian reading Scripture for any part of your life, where you, you'll read a passage over and over again, like you've maybe read it a dozen times, but maybe for the 13th time you're reading this passage, uh, something strikes you differently or something stands out to you differently that has never stood out to you before. And you're like, boy, that's odd. That's exactly what I'm going through right now. Or this is exactly what I needed to hear right now. That is a way that God speaks to us. That God uses his word and he lifts it up to us. Or if you've been struggling through something. Uh, so like there was one moment when I was an undergrad and I was struggling with anxiety. And I was, I was praying, I was yielding, I was listening for the Lord. And I heard the Lord say to me, he said, I know what it's like to be afraid. And then he pointed me to scripture in the Garden of Gethsemane like we talked about last week. Where it says that Jesus was so anxious that he was sweating blood from his face. That the Lord reminded me of a scripture verse that was exactly what I needed to hear. That God speaks to us through his word. And he does this over and over and over again. And so are we leaning into this idea that God is speaking to us and do we trust? Do we have this heart of trust that when we read God's word or when a scripture comes into our mind that that is not just some random thought that we've come up with but it's the Lord moving and working and speaking in our lives? 
wow, we got real life crickets today. I didn't know I was that boring today. That's all right. Second way that God speaks to us is through visions and dreams. Through visions and dreams. We see this in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost. I talked about this briefly uh, on Pentecost Sunday a few months ago. But uh, Peter says this on, in Acts 2, verse 17 and 18. <clears throat> it says, No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. We see Pentecost and the fulfillment of the pouring out of the Holy Spirit on those early believers. That the same spirit that filled the early church in Pentecost fills each and every single one of us today. Which means that visions and dreams are not just for the select few, but it's for all people as the prophecy says. Even servants or slaves as it says in the Greek. For slaves and men and women. For everyone. In other words, the whole people get the Spirit of God and the whole people get the benefit of the Spirit of God. That God can speak to us in visions and dreams. And this is primarily the way that Erica hears from the, war, from the Lord. Think of visions not as much as like a I mean this does happen, but don't think of it like a esoteric, like you're transported to another world. Think of it more like you get a picture in your mind. Like you're praying for someone and the Lord will create a picture of what's going on in your mind. That's usually what happens with Erica. Just a few quick stories about how visions and dreams can work in prayer uh, when we listen to the Lord. Uh, when I was going through this time in a seminary when I was struggling with my anxiety, Erica was praying over me one time. And there was this real rough season in my life, and Erica got a vision from God, a picture from God, and it was this vision of a train going through a tunnel, like if you go through a mountain tunnel, right? When you go through that tunnel, it's real dark and scary, and you don't know what's going on. And she said she felt like that the Lord was saying that you are like that train that's going through the dark tunnel, but yet on the other side of the tunnel, it opens up into a big field, and there's light and life. And that even though you're in this tunnel right now, this tunnel is just a season of your life. That the Lord gives us visions like that as reminders of his character, as reminders to us, and as reminders for other people as well. When we yield ourselves to God, when we take time to listen and say, Lord, what do you want to say about this? Lord, how are you speaking? Lord, I've lifted up this concern to you many, many times, but God, I haven't really done a good job listening to what you're saying about this right now. That God speaks to us through visions and dreams. An example of a dream of God speaking, this actually happened to us a few weeks ago. Um, Erica got a text from a former church member at Kingwood, and it was this text that said, hey, this may seem kind of crazy to you, but do you need new tires for your car? And she said that this, she had this very vivid dream recently where she woke up wondering what to do with it. And in that dream, she said that uh, she had a dream that Erica and I were going to leave in our car for something and she wouldn't let us leave in our car because the tires were too bad and dangerous. And so instead, she lent us their car and bought us new tires while we were gone. She was like, does this 
am I crazy at all? Does this mean anything to you? She said, normally I don't share dreams like this, but I figured I would just share it, and if it's God, then good, but if not, you know, just think I'm a crazy person or whatever. And what's wild is that, in fact, we, we did need new tires. In fact, the last time we had driven through the rain in Houston, I was concerned about how bad the tires were and how I needed to get them replaced. And so the Lord spoke to her in that dream that I needed to not delay on getting my tires replaced, a little bit of a novel concept in my life. But that's how God sometimes speaks and moves through visions as ways that he speaks to us to uh, tell us about things that are going on in our lives. Now, not every dream is from the Lord. Not every vision is from the Lord. And so we need to get into the habit of asking, Lord, is this you or am I crazy? Or not am I crazy, but Lord, is this you or am I making it up? Lord, is this you or is it not? To just yield our lives to the Lord. So God speaks to us through scripture, through visions and dreams, and then he speaks to us through other people. We see this all the time in the book of Acts, but there's this one particular moment in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 9, verses 10 through 18. It says this, In Damascus there was a man named Ananias, and the Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. And the Lord told him, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street, and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision he had seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm that he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem and that he has come with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and to their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. And then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see his end, and he got up and was baptized. This is an instance of Saul, one of the great leaders in the early Christian church movement, who had the Lord speak to him, not directly, but through someone else. That through Ananias, God sent Ananias to Saul to pray for him. And this happens all the time in our faith journey, where someone will come to us and they'll say something like, oh, this is exactly what I needed to hear right now. You ever had someone say that to you? Or someone come up to you and it was exactly what you needed to hear for what you were going through in your life. Or maybe you've just been going about your daily life and you just suddenly have a name pop into your mind. Like, oh, I haven't talked to Erica in a while. Maybe I should reach out to Erica. And so you, you respond and you, you reach out to that person and it turns out that they were really struggling with something in that moment. And that the Lord had brought you up to their minds so that you could be a comforter to them. And then there's also prophecy, which is uh, just simply saying what God says to us to other people. 
where God invites us to participate in prophecy, that God gives us prophetic words to us if we yield ourselves to him. In other words, what Erica prayed for me with that trained vision was a word of prophecy for me, and God spoke to me through Erica, through a word of prophecy. And God is inviting each and every single one of us to be like Ananias, to receive words from the Lord. If we yield ourselves to him, God will speak to us about how we can encourage the body of Christ, about how we can speak love and life into other people, and how we can do that all the time. That God wants us to do that. That God invites us to rely on one another, to support one another, to lift up one another, to spend time listening to God, to pray for someone and say, God, what do you want to say to this person right now? God, how do you want to uplift and encourage this person right now? God, what is this word that this person needs to hear from you right now? What would it look like for our church if we spent time listening to the Lord for other people? in our lives and spoke to them what we felt like the Lord was saying to us with humility and compassion. So God speaks to us through other people and then the final way I'm lifting up is God speaks to us through words. You know, when I say God speaks, I think the way that we primarily think of God speaking is like a booming, thundering voice from heaven like the Prince of Egypt. Am I dating myself when I say the Prince of Egypt, right? You just hear this booming voice that comes from the mountain. It's like, Jeremy, it is I, the Lord your God. And that's how we think of when we think of when we say God's speaking to us. I think that's primarily the picture that we get in our mind, but that's not how God normally does it. He does do that every now and then. I can count on one hand how many times I felt like it's been a very clear, this is almost like an audible voice of God speaking to me. But it's just been a handful of times. Most of the times, the way that God speaks to us through words is sort of an impression that we get on our heart and mind. An example of this in Scripture is from the book of Acts again. Acts chapter 8, verse 26 and 34. Now an angel said to the Lord, now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south of the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And so he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of the, all the treasury of Condrake, which means the queen of the which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home he was sitting in his chariot reading from the book of Isaiah. And the spirit told Philip, Go up to that chariot and stand near it. And then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet, and he asked him, Do you understand what you're reading? How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. And so he invited Philip to come up with him, and this was the passage of scripture that the eunuch was reading. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer was silent. So he did not open his mouth, and humiliation he was depraved of just deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants for his life was taken from the earth? And the eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is this prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Right? That's an example of God speaking to someone. That the Lord said to Philip, Go do this. Go do that. 
Go stand near that chariot. Go to this road. It's a sort of impressions that we get within our hearts and our minds. And what I've learned is the more that we yield our lives to God, the more that we're open to the Spirit moving and talking in our lives, the more that God speaks to us and the more that we realize that He is in fact actually speaking to us. When I hear from God, more often how it's like is it's a, it's a random thought that'll pop into my head like, oh, that's kind of weird. That's a random thought. I wonder what I'm going to do with that thought. And it's there for a moment, and I either choose to embrace it or let it go. And so, like, if I'm praying for someone and a random thought pops into my head, the, the posture of my heart that I've taken is I would rather trust that it's from God and be wrong than to let it go and miss out on an opportunity for God to do something amazing in someone else's life. I'll share a quick story about this as the, as the band comes back up. Uh, there was one time uh, I was sitting in a coffee shop writing a sermon, which is where I usually go to, to write, and I got this impression that I needed to go over to someone sitting in the coffee shop and say to them uh, that Jesus loves them. And I was like, absolutely not am I going to do that. I'm not going to go up to some stranger and tell them Jesus loves them. I'll look like an idiot. I'll look like one of those foolish Jesus people if I go up and tell them that Jesus loves them. But what happens oftentimes with these thoughts is what I'll do is I'll pray, Lord, if this is you, make this thought stronger. If this is not you, have it go away. And so I said that quick prayer really quick, hoping deep down in my soul that it would just go away, but instead it got just so strong. You ever had that happen where you ask God, is this you or not? And you know it's God, and if you didn't do it, you knew you'd be stepping into disobedience. It was one of those type of moments. And so I delayed it for as long as I could, and I was like, all right, I'll do it when I leave, so that way if it's awkward, I can just bail out of the coffee shop. And so I got up, and I went to him, and I said, excuse me, sir, I don't know if this means anything to you, but I feel like God wants me to remind you that Jesus loves you and he's with you. And here's what he did. He just smiled and said, thank you, and then I left. Not really an earth-shattering story, I know. But sometimes listening to the voice of God isn't always an earth-shattering story. Sometimes it's gently reminding a stranger in a coffee shop that Jesus loves them and Jesus is with them. Sometimes it's just giving someone that you know and love a reminder about who God's character and nature is. It's about Jesus truly living among us. It's about the Spirit of God truly dwelling among us and moving in our lives. And I want us to be a church that yields our lives to God, that lets Jesus speak into our lives more and more, that lets God come and move in our lives more and more. And so I want to close this series and close this uh, service. That's what it's called. Close this service uh, with a time of prayer. You know, uh, Scripture says, as he drives people from the temple, he says, you have turned the house, you have uh, turned, uh, I forget what Jesus says. Jesus basically says, I want my house to be a house of prayer. 
And that's my hope for this church is that we become a house of prayer, that we risk more because we hear the Lord calling us to do stuff. We hear the voice of Jesus inviting us to step out of the boat, that we hear because we know and risk because we have encountered the risen Lord, because we have spent our quiet hours in the morning and at night listening to what he wants to say. I want Jesus to come and have a divine outpouring in this space, but we have to ask God for it. We have to wait for God to move. I want to see miracles and healings and relationships restored and all these wonderful things that we read about in Scripture, but that can only come not through a better strategy or a better plan, but it can only come when we as the people of God decide to yield our lives to Him in prayer. If we want new wine, we need the new wineskins. So church, what I would just say as we sing this final song, we're going to have a few prayer people on the little dividers over here. Um, If you want someone to pray with, they'll be there and just go up to them and ask them what you want to pray. But if not, the altar is open. Just yield your life to the Lord. Yield your heart to the Lord. Say, Lord, I want to be a prayer warrior for you. But there are some people in here, as I was writing this sermon, that need to yield, that need to just listen to God. That you haven't listened to God in a while, and Jesus is inviting you today to listen. So would you do this now as we sing our closing song together? Thank you for listening with us. We hope that you have encountered the risen Jesus today. If you want to hear more, please consider subscribing. We would also welcome you to join us in person. For more information, please visit us at fmcbryan.org.